We're the worst. <laughs> we really are. I, it just, it's just always raunchy. Can you can, can you say that? Yeah. Why not? <laughs> All right. Well, then you say it because I'm not. You you just you just tell everybody what they did. I don't think it'll be as funny. <laughs> I, th- I think it's better if we keep it to ourselves. <laughs> well, you know the the actor Andrew Koenig. He was on Growing Pains. <laughs> okay. Remember that TV show? I. Uh, it's a flicker. Yeah. Is that the one with it where Alan Thick sang the theme song? Yeah, right. That's okay. the the what's it? Kirk Cameron. Yes. Is that right? Growing pains. Kirk Cameron. Yeah. Pains. So his his best friend on the show, the actor Andrew Koenig, his character name was Boner. Okay. Like Merkel's Boner. Right. And then there's a story of the New York Post that we just learned Ronji to. Where the, the headline is in quits. Boner found dead in Canada. <laughs> Get ready! Woo! We are tour and we're doing it better than anybody else alive! This is the Cutline Podcast with your host, Michael Cavalunis. Broach upon the St. Jude Championship, formerly known as the WGC Bridgestone Invitational, but not to be confused with the St. Jude Invitational. That's right. Make sure you check the proper course history. TPC Southwind in Memphis, Tennessee. We are going to Graceland. No longer a WGC event, but now a part of the FedEx playoffs. Before the cut line takes you there, want to give a shout out and give some uh, some love to my guy Andy Lack. We put together a preview just the other day of the St. Jude, but more importantly, we really dug down deep into ownership on PJ Slates and the future of DFS and how it's going to be impacted by the massive news of course this nice little gift that I am heading over to Rick Run Good produce ownership to produce stat analysis to break things down for everyone over at rrg so i'm so proud and happy to join the team but check it out guys check out andy on twitter uh make sure you check out our show it was awesome it was fun to be on there now if you're not following scott holdridge on twitter that's at holdridge underscore scott you're really missing out on what I consider perfect comedy. It's like a spin on everything politically incorrect. Basically like National Lampoon without all the cocaine, speed, and hordes of orgies. But then again, Scott might be living that life. At least maybe we hope he is. Anyways, give him a follow. He's awesome. He's good stuff. I've never even talked to a guy, but I really enjoy everything he does. Now, as always, hello Canada, hello Australia, hello USA, hello UK, hello Ireland. Hello, Germany, Spain, Switzerland, and we would love to send a special thank you to our listeners in Milwaukee. 
Apparently, 10 of you are bombarding this podcast, and I greatly appreciate it. Now, if you're new to the cut line... Yeah, Mo, that team sure did suck last night. They just plain sucked. I've seen teams suck before, but they were the suckiest bunch of sucks that ever sucked. Homer, watch your mouth! I gotta go. My damn wiener kids are listening. You're in for a wild ride. Kind of like this every week. And of course, our returning listeners... If you're blue and you don't know where to go to, why don't you go where fashion sits? Welcome back. I'm Mike Kevlunas at Lunas on Twitter, L-I-U-N-A-S, host of The Cut Line, curator of all that is awesome on CutlineGolf.com. Make sure that you guys check out the website on Wednesday, tomorrow, as everything should be updated by then. Look, I'm doing it all by myself. Cut me some slack. There's a lot of work to do. Yet, I'm excited. TBC Southwind is not like an easy course. It's not an incredibly hard course. And we're going to be in for a wild ride as, as we sort out the FedEx playoffs and, and this run is upon us. So the cut line is here to bring you in-depth DraftKings analysis of the St. Jude Championship at TBC Southwind. And we're going to do the best we can. Oh. Oh. You okay? Oh. Oh, God. Ooh. Oh, God. Oh. 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 Oh, God. Oh, yeah, right there. Oh. 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 Oh, God. I'll have what she's having. Oh, baby. To give you the best opportunity, cash on Sunday. We'll be sure to bring in timely wax, greenside sand traps, and a putt that might drop in through the back door. And of course, the goal of the cut line is to make sure that not only is your tournament lineup in the green, but so is your bankroll. The cut line is here to give you the plays, your best plays week in and week out, plays that are smashing and cashing and putting you in the wiener circle. Win, winner's circle. Basically giving you six of six through the cut line. Of course, I want to remind you guys, go to cutlinegolf.com. You'll find all your key stats, everything that you guys are looking for on cutlinegolf.com um, from current rankings and everything else of that nature. So be sure to check that out. This includes the course report, which you can find at cutlinegolf.com. I'm not going to read it back to you. That's a waste of time. Go to the course report. You can see everything you need to know about TPC Southwind. Um, things I want to point out, Bermuda Greens, smaller than average, 12 on the stint meter, so that's average in speed. We got a length of about 7,244 yards, 10 water hazards, and bunker waste area that is over 100. Um, a couple nuggets and tidbits that I want to share. Around the green game will have a higher importance than you think. And don't get fooled by the low scores. There's plenty of big numbers out there, as we will see water that will just eat people alive. 
Putting isn't difficult, but don't dismiss your Bermuda experts. Now, a little-known fact, TPC Southwind water holes have swallowed up nearly 6,000 golf balls. That's more than any other course on PJ Tour in that span of time, so since 2003. Uh, it won't be any secret, but make sure that you guys are considering nationalities when you consider some of your plays. So if you need something to tip the scales, South African and Australian players grew up playing on that Zoiza Fairways, same turf that we will see this weekend. The 18th hole will also claim plenty of victims due to its degree of difficulty, yet most of the difficulty on this course comes in that back nine. So this could be a potential showdown edge if someone's starting in the front. I think they're all starting in the front, but you know, you never know how weather plays out. And of course, fairways are essential. Hitting out of Bermuda rough just makes it impossible. Looking at the weather edge this week, you really don't have anything. The AM looks a bit better than the PM on Friday, but nothing significant. You're talking about like minimal gust difference. And then Saturday and Sunday, if I'm week long, you know, you're just praying to the gods. Shot approach shot distribution. The main one comes in that 150 to 175 range. Answer Thomas Kepka. We'll look at those last three years as the winners here. Starter says, guys, I'm looking at ball strikers, approach, fairways gain, scrambling around the green, greens and regulation. Similar courses that I like, the Houston Golf Club, TPC Sawgrass, East Lake, Pebble Beach, and Sedgefield Country Club. So the big question is who are we going to be playing this weekend? two putts from victory only needs one Ooh, got a member's bounce there boys that's birdie all day long so this is the cut lines birdie or better segment where we break down the DraftKings player pool for this weekend's tournament and we are going to start with the power rankings just to show you how loaded that this field is, okay? These are stat-driven power rankings. We put these up on the website every week, but we're gonna look at our top 20, okay? And some of these are ties, so, so bear with me, but we got Scheffler number one, JT, Xander, Cantley, Finau, Zalatoris at number six, McElroy at seven, Cam Smith at number eight, Shane Lowry number nine, Fitz at 10, Sungjae at 10, Henley at 10, and then we jump down to 13 with Sam Burns. Aaron Wise sneaks there at number 14. He's, he's not going to be on her own. Face it. Face it. Matsuyama at 15. John Rahm at 16. Corey Connors at 17. And then we have Neiman at 18. Cameron Young at 19. Mito at 19. And then we round that out with Colin Morikawa. That's a pretty impressive range of players there in our power rankings okay we 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 crack three in the 7k range that cracked the top 20 with aaron wise Corey connors mito not saying you have to play him i'm just saying that they look like they fit this course and are able to compete in this field so other thing i want to look at is players that shine according to 2021 PJ stats and then 2022 stats. So looking at 2021, if, if we're going to sort this ranking and assortment, we're looking at guys like John Rahm, Morikawa, and Victor Hovland as the one, two, and three. Connors goes down to number six. Webb Simpson's number 15. Streelman, we talked about him, 19. 
Johnny Vegas is 21st. Luke List is 24th. Ryan Palmer, 27th. Matthew Naismith, number 28. This is 2021 stats. And I know what you're saying, okay, you're looking at last year, different form, et cetera, et cetera. I do think there's something to be said about how they're playing this year and last year. Don't get me wrong. But we also know their upside of John Rahm, Colin Morikawa, Victor Hovland. So looking at 2022 stats, the story kind of changes. Now, the funny thing is John Rahm is still in the top three. He ranks third. But number one is Rory McIlroy has been out of his mind. Scotty Scheffler has arguably player of the year. Number four, Tony Finau. Zalatoris cranks out number five. And then you got JT's Andrew Cantlay. So basically how like DK priced them rounds out that top eight. But then you get into the 9, 10, 11 range. Sung J.M., Corey Connors, and Russell Henley. All right, so you sneak in two 7K guys in that range. So it's interesting to look at when you look at 2022 stats. Recent form, you know, we know how well some of these guys are playing. We know that some of these guys are cut-making machines. Like, you know, everyone talks about the, the the success of Tony Finau, but if you look at Taylor Moore, he has two back-to-back top 10 finishes, and he's not getting really a lot of love right now out there in the DFS community because he's, Taylor Moore and it's well warranted and he's not popping anyone's models but the guy's on fire like if you need to take a risk Taylor Moore makes a lot of sense you look at someone like Brandon Wu finished eighth last week uh John Huh not gonna go back to him but you can see the the opportunity there so next thing we're looking at is approach players that pop in my approach model but don't necessarily shine in like people's overall stat models. And what I do is I, I build this approach model based on a variety of factors. And then I build kind of like a base model that I think a majority of people are going to use. So guys that I really like, Tom Hoagie, Mark Hubbard, Griot, if you can swallow that putter and hope that for one tournament, one, he figures it out. Uh, Kurt Kitayama and Lee Hodges. I think they all fit that kind of realm of great approach players. If you want to buy into it, if they dial it in for the weekend, MME plays for sure. If you want to get high risk, then you put them in your single entries. So it'll be, it'll be interesting to say this. So we're going to go to that top tier range in, in the 10 case. So that's Rom, Thomas, Cantley, Cam Smith, Xander, Scheffler, Roy McIlroy. And basically what you're doing here is playing the ownership game. Who are you in love with and who are you going to take advantage of when comparing them to the rest of this field? Especially everyone in that range. You know, they're all elite ball strikers. They're all elite plays. It'll be interesting to see what people do this weekend with this top tier. And as we get closer, we'll get a better idea. And, And the thing is, normally we can differentiate between wins or differentiate between like how how many wins they have, but the fact is that everyone in this 10K range has multiple wins. Scheffler, in fact, has the least. He has four. Um, Rahm has seven. Justin Thomas, 15. Rory has 20. Cantlay, six. Cam Smith, six. You know, recent major winner. So a lot to be said there. Uh, Even going down to someone like Matt Fitzpatrick, you know, he got his win this year. So the question is, is like, where do you go from here? What do you do? like stick in this 10k range i'm looking strictly at ownership and right now we're looking at rory probably being the top 17 to 20 percent 
Justin Thomas, same range. Now, I would keep an eye on Thomas. That could get even higher. John Rahm, currently single-digit ownership, like about 10%. And the rest of the guys are middle of the field. Now, this isn't chalk. This is by no means chalk. But I do think that if you're going to commit up here, you need to go all in and commit to your guys that you like. Don't bounce around. Don't have a fear of missing out. Take the guys that you like. We know the prowess of these guys. Who fits the best, in my opinion, would be Rory Scheffler and John Rahm. I know Justin Thomas has some incredible course history here. Um, like It's hard to deny Justin Thomas's course history, right? 2020, 2018, win-win. Um, but we know that chalk is going to buy into that. And I would much rather take a risk of betting on a John Rahm to win at lower ownership that would leverage an entire field. So looking at the 9K range, I really do like Tony Finau, how well he's been playing. I You can't just, you, you can't ignore it. And this 9K range is so small. But Andy Lack talked about something on his show about Jordan Spieth. And it's kind of catching steam to where his ownership's going up. Um, so I'm probably in this range going to pivot down to Victor Hovland. I think there are some aspects of his game that are fantastic. He's a solid ball striker, great on approach. He gains nearly, like he's in the top 20 off the tee, eighth in birdie average, 31st in scoring. These are things we want. Now, now things I always worry about with Victor Hovland is his around the green game and his scrambling. But if he's hitting fairways, we don't have to worry about that. Last year finished 36th. Now, that's not something to write home about, but still. We saw him finish fourth at the Open Championship where you needed to scramble. You needed to have that availability. At the U.S. Open, not so much. But it's a much more difficult course and a much more difficult setup. We're not going to see a major setup here. And I think for someone like Hovland, the reason people are going to fade him is because they're going to say, well, we're valuing this scrambling. We're valuing that concept of greens and regulation. And we're going to value the, the concept of being around the green game. So we're not going to play him. I think that's a mistake. I think that's a huge mistake this weekend because it's Victor Hovland. He's coming into his own. He's figuring his stuff out. He may not have that aspect of his game, but because of that, it's going to lower his ownership. It's going to give you leverage to the field, especially in any contest that you enter with MME, single entry, and especially with your three max. You've got to commit to a build process. And this is what I mean. If you're going to go stars and scrubs, you've got to dedicate yourself to that and pick out your key guys, your key stats, your pool, your player core, stick with it, keep it small. That's always my opinion. If you're going to go balanced, which I'm of the opinion that most people are going to go balanced. You look at this field and why wouldn't you go balanced? But then you've got to get smart and fade the chalk and keep places. So going on to the AK range, Sam Burns going to be chalk. Sungjae Im's going to be chalk. Colin Morikawa is not going to be chalk. He's been brutal. He's been brutal on approach, brutal off the tee. His swing is crooked. It's messed up, but nothing like back-to-back -back top 30 finishes here. He hasn't made a cut since his fifth-place finish at the U.S. Open. It's only two events. It's the Genesis and the Open Championship, but still, fifth place. But before that, he missed the cut at the Memorial. 40th at Charles Schwab, 55th at the PGA Championship. Like, the game's off, right? The game is way off when his best finish in his like in his last four tournaments is fifth, but the other three are missed cuts. It is concerning, 
it's pushing his ownership down. He's still double-digit owned. People are not going to fall in that trap again. They knew what happened back at the Open Championship when he won it last year. So they're not going to fall for that. But I do think that's a key leverage play. Sam Burns, I got him at 40-1, to 27% ownership, maybe even higher. We might get to 30%. No thank you. Not going to touch him. Sung JM, that ownership's going to be blasted through the roof. A lot of people are on Shane Lowry, and I get it. He had a season for the ages. He fits this course. Yeah, season for the ages for him, I should say. And my overall stat model hearing is number nine. So, you know, he's popping here. That means he's popping everywhere. The thing that I worry about with Shane Lowry is that his approach game looks good right now, but he's not as dialed in as he was. Course history, he looks great. 23rd, 6th. At the Wyndham, finished 83rd. You could tell he didn't want to be there. And that's after a 21st finish at the Open Championship. I think he wants to move on. I think he wants to compete. Currently 24th in official world golf ranking, so he wants to stay within that top 30, top 70 to compete for the money at the end of the year at Eastlake. Shane Lowry, top 20 bet. I think that's a solid play. I'm not sure if DFS I'm sold at 16% to 20% owned. And this world dropped down to like Billy Horschel and Joaquin Neiman. I think they really play well and play out in terms of ownership, leverage, pivoting from some of these top guys. Horschel has his swing fixed. He looks awesome. Neiman's in a different headspace. Hasn't looked good for about four to eight rounds. So there's your leverage there because the ownership's going to be down. On top of that, Billy Horschel likes this course. Billy Horschel's recent form is very good. 27th, 21st, missed the cut at the Genesis Scottish Open. Neiman, though, not really shining either, right? We we saw the third place finish at the Memorial. We saw the 12th at the RBC Heritage, uh, the first at the Genesis. So I do think this course kind of tailors itself to Neiman's skill set, right? Because there are aspects of his game that I like. Like, he's excellent off the tee which is going to set him up for approach. And then if he's missing greens for any reason, he's solid around the green. Horschel, the same thing. The problem with Horschel's stats, if you look at 2022, his approach game is not that great statistically in the field. So you are playing with some fire with Billy Horschel more than Joaquin Neiman. Going down on that 7K range, I, I know Aaron Wise is going to be very chalky. I think Taylor Pendrith is a solid play to come back to, but I think he's a high-risk play. I really like Terrell Hatton, and I'm not going to touch Russell Henley. I'm sorry, I'm not. I. It's not that I don't like Russell Henley. It's just I don't like him for four rounds. If I can get him in a showdown, I feel so much more comfortable about it, and maybe I'll do that in the first round, but for the, the weekend long, no chance. I'm, I'm not going to go back to Henley right now. I know how well he played on Sunday. But you need four rounds here. You need ultimate scoring. And you look at the the strength of this field. I have no interest in Russell Henley. Corey Connors is going to be popular. You can't get around it with the, with, with the history. And then you just get into like ownership dead space. And I think the only exception probably is going to be like someone like Cam Smith in this low 7K range. And the truth is, is what this is indicating is that this weekend is a balance build weekend for most people. They're going to stick in that 7 to 9K range and they're going to fade the top guys. You want to get different. You want to get different right away. You go stars and scrubs. You want to get very different. You commit to those stars that you're sticking with and you go full blown 100%, put them in your core, whether it's three guys, four guys, whatever the case may be. 
and you really look down here at this low sevens, 6K range. Guys, I like Webb Simpson, and I get it. Strokes gain old, as I like to say, 36. And I know he's 36 years old, which for PGA is not incredibly old. And we we made jokes, but like 13th of the Travelers, miscut, miscut, 69th of the Rocket Mortgage. But you look at the, the history here, 15th, 15th, 2nd, and 24th. He knows how to play here. He knows how to play here. He's not going to be owned at all. We know the upside of Webb Simpson. He withdrew last weekend, so watch out for the injury. That I mean, that could come back to bite you, absolutely. So, Webby is an option. Keep your ear on the rail, though, for, for any type of news. Cam Davis, probably going to be a little bit more popular, but I love Justin Rose here. I talked about him with Andy Lack. I think this course tailors and suits up for him very well. I'm probably going to end up having a lot of Justin Rose, potentially even a core play if I do stars and scrubs and add him to that core. Um, Alex Noren, a little bit too old, but, you know, could put like crazy on Bermuda. I don't know if that's as big of a factor here. The The issues with Alex Noren is that, you know, he's a great scrambler, but he has to be because his approach game and his ball striking is so terrible. Um, other guys that I could potentially have interest down here, Brendan Steele is really appealing and I'm going to sell on him once we get a little bit clearer idea of where ownership's going to sell on him. I had him real high, and then I brought him down to about 6 7%. But my overall stat model, he ranks number 20. Aggregate model, he ranks number 30. Um, never has been the strongest putter or scorer, but recent form says different, right? Um, you know, you take away the missed cup, we got 30th, 25th at the Travelers, 10th at the Memorial has played here in 2018 at 60th place 2017 24th so nothing to write home about but again the low ownership 150 to one to win Grio, i'm not gonna do it because i just hate the putter i, I can't deal with that for four days if i get him on a on one day and i get him right for the round i'll take him in showdown but then there's mark hubbard tom hoagie we kind of touched upon him before with his stats and then you guys, like you go into like Streelman and Vegas and Palmer and Luke List and Matt Naismith. I think these are perfect opportunities for these guys to show what they can do and what they've done in the past and get different down here in the 6K range. And of course, Kurt Kitayama, Lee Hodges, other options. And and the 6, the 6K range is like littered with strong plays. Russell Knox, CT Pan, uh, Joel Dahman last week was a little bit different. Uh, Ricky Fowler, I can't go back to him anymore can't do it don't touch Doug Gim. don't touch Doug Gim. but all right next question is who are we not gonna play this weekend no mm -mm. Mm -mm. no 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 hell no can't do it We're bringing it back. The Cutline Signature segment, can't do it, won't do it. Double-digit ownership plays that we won't touch this weekend. So, play number one goes to Cam Smith. If you believe the putter's going to be there, by all means, play him. I think there's a lot of pressure on Cam Smith. 
I think unnecessary pressure that he's placed on himself with that no comment in, in response to whether or not he's going to live. He's getting it from his tour peers. He's getting it from the PJ Tour itself, from the media, from his agent, friends, family. I know it's it's all speculation. It's all theory in terms of what's going on in Cam Smith's head. I just don't think the putter's going to be there all weekend. Next fade, Sam Burns. That ownership at 26 to 30%. I got him at 40 to 1. I'll take it. Lock it in. Boom. I hope you guys got it too. Otherwise, uh-uh. Not playing him in DFS. And then that last play, Sung J.M., People are starting that medium build, that that middle of the road build with Sanjay and Sam Burns. By all means, go ahead. Not gonna touch Sanjay. 20 to 25 percent owned this weekend. I do like his game. I do like his model here, like where he fits in my model. Everything says screams play Sanjay, right? Second place finish at the 3M Open. Second place finish at the Wyndham. So why wouldn't you play him? But here we are. We're at the FedEx St. Jude. Sung JM, that type of ownership, I'm going to fade it and leverage myself somewhere else. But that's it. That's who I'm not playing. All right. Let's go. Let's take it home. Oh, you men are all alike. Seven or eight quick ones and you're off with the boys to boast and brag. You better keep your mouth shut. Oh, I think I love him. it it's over it's all over that is our breakdown of the saint jude championship join us next week as we break down the bmw championship 70 golfers that's it and then we're heading to east lake in the tour championship so wow we're so close bmw is right around the corner wilmington country club all right see you at the top of the leaderboard on sunday cash and smash